0: The following programming is sponsored by Clean and Sober Media. The views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or Beastly Media Group.
1: If you need immediate help, please call the National Substance Abuse and Mental Health Hotline at 1-800-662-HELP. Bye-bye, bye-bye. when you gonna let me get so- Welcome to Clean and Sober Radio, brought to you in part by Jefferson University Hospitals and Thomas Jefferson University, providing excellent clinical and compassionate care in the Philadelphia region, a proven leader in healthcare and education since 1825. And now, here are your hosts, Gary Hendler and Mark Sigmund.
2: Hey, hi, everybody, and welcome to the show. Clean and Sober Radio features real people with real stories, about addiction to drug and alcohol, Mark Sigmund. What's new this week in recovery news? So we got some crazy
3: news. In a routine traffic stop in Panoma <coughs> County, California, a sheriff's deputy found ten pounds of meth <coughs> hidden <coughs> in within boxes of dog treats. The driver, Angelica Gutierrez, was wanted on an arrest warrant. Basically, the cops pulled her over. Gary, they saw a meth pipe, right? and they decided to bring in the canines. How could they see a meth pipe? It was just laying right on, okay, the, on yeah. the dashboard or something. Right. They brought in the canines, and she had these 10, pound, or 10 pounds of meth. They were stuffed in dog biscuit boxes. Could you imagine that? You're sitting there, and they bring in the canines. How and you're stupid like, can you be? I know, and you're sitting there, and you're like, out of all the places to put them, and they break out the canines, they're in dog biscuit. Uh, they were also in cat litter. That was the other thing. You know, um, yeah, yeah. so I saw that this week and I thought, you know, that was pretty dumb. Pretty you know? dumb. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, second story. This is kind of this is very concerning. Experts have seen a large uptick in liver disease with costs of treatment set to double within 20 years from 31 billion to 66 billion dollars by 2040. According to the National Institute of Health, 140,000 people are dying from alcohol-related causes. For opioids, it's 106,000. But this is the really scary part. The report predicts that if the high-risk drinking keeps continuing, that they're looking at an uptick in 20 years of possibly 900,000 people dying a year from liver disease.
2: Well, that's a sad fact. But I would also think or consider in 20 years, wouldn't they have the technology – Uh, to maybe
3: combat it? I I would think so. I mean, they'll probably be able to grow organs by then. But I got to tell you, you know, for people out there, get your liver enzymes checked. As a therapist, I'm seeing it more and more, and they're seeing the percentages are going way up, and people don't really know what's going on, especially females. Yeah, I was going to ask you. Females are more affected by that Yes, I get them young, 33 years old, 36 years old, you know, going into cirrhosis of the liver. And we can't really figure out exactly what's going on with it um, if it's a mixture of the toxins in the environment and that, but you know, in the last, in the last 20 years, it's really, really spiked Gary. So if you know, if you drink, it doesn't take much. If you're a female, get your liver enzymes checked. You can catch this thing before yeah, it turns but, into cirrhosis. You know, we talk
2: about this a lot. People in, in addiction, uh, need to do certain things medically to make sure they're, yes. they're doing right. Nobody's doing it. Yes. The people that I run into find
3: out when they're in rehab. They get their liver enzymes checked. Right. You know, uh, yeah. primary care doctors aren't always running this this test on the liver, and they really should be. Well, it's so. a
2: cost. Yeah. That's, right? Yeah. It's a cost. Hey, listen, when we get back, when we come back, uh, we have two great guests that will be with us. But also, we would like to know, where did you get clean and sober? Was it in an inpatient, an outpatient? Was it in jail? Or maybe you haven't gotten clean and sober yet. Why don't you let us know? When we come back, we're going to uh, – have a nice discussion about it. Don't go away. This is Clean
1: and Silver Radio.
0: A cancer diagnosis can knock the wind out of you. The Sydney Kimmel Cancer Center at Abington Jefferson Health can help. Our brand new Asplund Cancer Pavilion brings you 86,000 square feet of cancer-fighting science for truly comprehensive care. Backed by the strength of an NCI-designated cancer center. Call 1-800-JEFF-NOW. The Sydney Kimmel Cancer Center at Abington Jefferson Health. The power to outscience cancer.
4: Hey, this is Jackie Marling, and I listen to Clean and Sober Radio. This is still Jackie Marling, and you should listen to Clean and Sober Radio. Everybody should listen to Clean and Sober Radio.
1: 888 728 9941. This is Clean and Sober Radio.
2: You can also listen uh, to us uh, besides WWDB in Philadelphia, 97.5 FM High Def 2 in Philly, WGAC in Augusta, Georgia, WNBR in Tampa, Florida. And I'd like to say that if you're the first time listening or the first time watching uh, Clean and Sober Radio <clears throat> um, is all about uh, educating the public. And uh, we have resources to help people who need and more importantly, want to get into treatment.
3: Yeah, and I wanted to chime in there. If you're watching the show, if you can hit, hit share on Facebook and <laughs> also download our podcast. You can go into the iTunes store, whatever, wherever. We got the podcast all over the place and you'll get it delivered to your inbox every week. So it's Let's, good stuff. Let, before we introduce our guest, where did you get sober, Mark? I got sober in N.A., Okay. Yes. I got sober. I didn't go to rehab. I didn't go to treatment. I got help from a counselor, but I got sober right in
2: NA. Right. You know. So it's very possible. Yes. You can get sober in the rooms. Exactly. You know. know? Our guests today are David Lickman, who comes in here a a, a lot. David has been sober for 42 years. I grew up with David. This guy was a bad dude, um, but always nice to me, I can tell you that. But uh, it just shows you how. We can and do recover. Welcome to the show, David. Our other guest, Lou Montana. Lou is first time in the studio. He calls in a lot, supports Mark and, uh, and me uh, in sobriety. And uh, here we are. Welcome, guys, to the show.
5: Thank you. Thanks.
2: What's up, David?
5: How did I get sober?
2: How would you get sober? Yeah, Where would you go? How did you? Just a little bit of your past because you would be one of the ones people would say, this guy's never going to get it. Well,
5: I hit bottom in an instant. As I was talking a little bit bit earlier, I described how while drinking Tosinex, which was an opioid laced cough syrup, in an instant it stopped doing for me what I had designed drugs to do, and that was to take care of my insanity, my paranoia of people, and the like. Now, I'm a big advocate of hitting bottom. I think people really need to hit bottom. But I think there's another side, as Mark described, and that's to go into the, the, the 12-step programs. Think as if, act as if, feel as if. If you got to fake it to make it, that's what you got to do. But like I said, I'm just a big fan of hitting bottom. But you
2: know what? Everybody's
5: bottom is different.
2: When you think maybe you've hit bottom... There's more bottom to go. And then there are others who, I'm saying it sarcastically, they hit bottom, they thought they hit bottom when their BMW tires were flattened. <laughs> <laughs> right. High bottoms, right? High, High bottoms. Bottom. Yeah. 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 Hey, Lou, welcome to the show. How you doing?
1: Uh, thanks for inviting me in, Gary.
2: How, how'd you get sober? Where'd you get sober?
1: Well, this time around, NA, <laughs> right? I've been in numerous rehabs, I've been in long term treatment twice. Right? And uh, this time around, I came into the rooms and I shut my mouth, right? I collected my like key tags, but, you know, when that was over and I finally submitted to what the suggestions were being given to me, that's when I got clean and sober. Yeah. People I hung out with, right? I had to choose my people, places, and things, and people were recovery, 15 or 20 years sobriety. That's what I did, right? I hung out with them people. Yeah. Yeah
3: yeah and it took a you know you mentioned the white key tags it wasn't right away
2: right you had to keep going
1: oh i sided my whole house with white key tags wow right yeah yeah Yeah. listen if you
2: want to join the conversation 1-888-728-9941 1-888-728-9941 jump into the conversation you can agree with us disagree or whatever right
3: yeah let us know how you got clean right we want to hear your story um you know tell us about your bottom
2: right you mean yeah about your bottom um in in, in addiction you in, addiction. in addiction yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> anyway uh you know i did i'll tell you something. for me um it was one and done i i uh, was arrested multiple multiple times and got off yeah the last arrest i wasn't going to get off And that was in recovery, right? No, no, that, no. Uh, There was another, I'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was arrested in recovery. It was a burglary, you know, and uh, the uh, lawyer said to me, I think you're going to, uh, you're going to do county time. I don't know what he was talking about, to tell you the truth. Um, So I went into a drug rehab, it was called Strecker in West Philadelphia, and I stayed there for three months. And that's how you did it. Yeah, and huh? that's how I did it. I never used again. It was May the third, nineteen eighty two. Wow. But yes, I was arrested two years later uh, for something I did two years before I got clean. So yeah. this stuff goes with you know, it's like we get sober, we get clean sober, and we think, Oh, everybody's gonna love us now. No problems. Yeah. Not always the case.
3: And you just hope when you get clean, you're like, I hope my skeletons stay in the closet. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. you get clean and you're like, Wow. All that stuff's gone now and uh, and yeah you just hope it stays there. it didn't for me I know your story just blows <laughs> me away it's <laughs> a, such a nightmare yeah, it was
2: like what, what, are you, do? what are you what are you do? I've been clean for two years you know uh,
3: you have nothing on me Well and the crazy thing is for the audience and some of you heard it already Gary didn't just get arrested he got arrested by the FBI i mean it wasn't just a you know a deputy coming to his house yeah you know you had big stuff
2: going on and i was just getting married too oh no that was horrible you know what are you gonna marry this guy for look look at this oh my gosh
3: did your heart just drop i mean did you think it was gone or do you think there was a possibility of uh of of getting arrested i
2: I really thought it was gone it was for the quaalude clinics That'll do And a lot of our audience knows what Quaaludes are and everybody in this room knows what it is. Yeah. Um, Mark is too young to have enjoyed them. (laughs) Unfortunately, (laughs) right? Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately. (laughs) Well, I shouldn't say unfortunately,
3: but, you know, yeah, I heard stories.
2: Yeah. I I really (laughs) thought it was – when I got clean, I thought it was done. Everything was done. Yeah.
3: Wow. How long did the legal process go on for you? Like to get through that whole thing? And, you know, I know you were facing some pretty big time, weren't
2: you? Well, my partners did do substantial time. I, I had a, I got a federal felony, which yeah. followed me from 1984 until two years ago.
3: Yes. And what happened two years ago? <laughs>
2: I feel like Mark's like baiting me. I got a presidential pardon for Donald Trump from that's, Donald that's Trump. It's amazing. Yeah. I'll never forget that day. I won't That's either. I horrific. won't either. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's another case of, you know, stuff follows us. We don't, you know, the rest of the world doesn't really care except yeah. our loved ones that we got clean and sober. Yeah, but, and, and right away
3: you get like 30 days clean and you're like, I'm good now. You know, did you guys have that experience <laughs> yeah. Like when yeah. you first got clean? No. You no. no. we were like, I'm not good. No. But David, you were still running or
5: what? what? No, no, no. When I, I didn't. I didn't think i could use the last time that i could stop using uh, but but like lou i had been in numerous rehabs eventually landing up in long-term treatment where where would you go abraxas is that still around i don't know Did, well, no i i do know I don't think they're local, but they do have the main facility in Marionville, Pennsylvania. That was a hardcore place, I remember, back in the late 70s, early 80s. Well, you know, I was in treatment for like a year and a half. And uh, boy, they uh, kicked me in the rear, Uh, confronted my behavior and all that kind of stuff. And while I was there, I had a a spiritual awakening and uh, it came in the form of honesty and integrity uh, and and that's it. And uh, so, a
2: spiritual awakening. Obviously, we we get what that is. It does not have to do with now. I believe in God, not necessarily.
5: It, it didn't. It didn't. No, it, it, it had nothing to do with God. Right. To tell you the truth. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So yeah, it was. I awakened and I had conscience and I had integrity and I spoke about the truth and uh, I confronted my. My peers in the in the rehab and, you know, called a spade a spade, so to speak. And it was quite an experience. And I, I went on to be valedictorian during a fundraiser for Betty Ford. Yeah,
2: I remember you telling me that.
5: And I sat at the same table with her and President Ford. And I, I had to uh, tell my story and ask people for money. And after I was done, I came back to my seat. And Betty Ford leans over to me and says, Go to AA. Go to AA,
2: she said. You know, that's an example of, you know, I mean, we do become a second story man yeah. and then sitting with the president and his wife because he decided or whatever happened to get clean. Now, was Betty Ford actually
3: president Ford's wife?
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And she started this, reha- this yeah, Betty yeah. Ford clinic or whatever it was called. And where was it? In,
5: in L- L.A. It was in L.A.? Yeah, it was in California. Oh. Wow. Yeah, I mean, what a better advocate could I possibly have ever gotten to come into yeah. the step? Were you sitting there going, do they know who I really am? <laughs> <laughs> no.
2: I, I, <laughs> I get that. <laughs> I, it's, I get that in certain circumstances. They really know. Right, what do me, they call it? Me that? too. Huh? Imposter me syndrome. Too.
5: Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. It is. is. Yeah, yep.
1: it is. Lou, what about you, man? Same thing. Long-term program. Where? Blackwood, New Jersey. It was called Turning Point, and it was a therapeutic community. And it was the roughest. Listen, I'd rather stayed on the streets. It was really. Oh, they tore you down. You wore more cardboard visibles and yeah. singing up and down the hallway and screaming in your face. And they wow. believed tearing you down built you back up. Right.
2: Were you court ordered?
1: No, I wasn't. No. Good I for was, you. I was. Yeah. Uh, I was bottomed out, but my oh. bottoms always had that trap door where I went down another bottom. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And, then, and that was my first long term treatment. And Then it was a lot of just walk-ins at West Jersey and Camden. Just yeah. a detox and lower my uses so it didn't cost so much to get more in me, right? Yeah. And I just uh, ran the streets doing that. until I finally, in 2005, 2005, I went to a long-term Christian program, right? Because secular was done with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No yeah. We yeah. want yeah. to be back, right? <clears throat> yeah. We wasted enough money on you. Yeah. You know? So I was up in Michigan, 200 miles. You pay up... Uh, Up 200 miles from Canada. 14 inches of snow every day. You couldn't run from there, could you? No, because there were bears out there. Oh, man, I don't care. I would have fought them. I didn't care. (laughs) Who would have?
2: Hey, if you're just joining us now, um, we're talking about where we all got uh, clean and sober. If we have gotten clean and sober, I'd love to hear from somebody who is thinking about it but hasn't pulled the trigger yet. 1-888-728-9941 um we get uh, emails during the week guys from people with questions some of them are ridiculous and some of them are legit you know phyllis Y from new york why isn't this country as a whole taking the subject of addiction more seriously are all the priorities in this country out of whack i'd like to hear what you guys think about that lou what do you think
1: Well, my opinion on that is uh, we need to clean up our own country first, right? Yeah. Starting with our veterans, our addicts, right? A lot of veterans are addicts, right? Um, We all have our own way of getting where we are now, but now we need to help to get back to where we were, right? Start us cleaning up our streets, get our people off the street, spend some money here. We still have to do what We got to do abroad, but we need to spend more money here.
5: Yeah. Kensington. Absolutely, Dave. Tell what Kensington is. Kensington is a very poor section of Philadelphia. You have homeless addicts sleeping on the streets. There's there's crime. There's be- beatings and there's thie- thievery and it's it's a bad scene. Now, the mayor recently appointed a man to uh, oversee the cleaning up of Kensington. I hope he I hope he comes through with it. They have started already. One of the people in that
2: group in Philadelphia, the mayor has uh, appointed, is Philadelphia City Councilman Jimmy uh, Haggerty. He lives in Kensington, and I think they're really going to clean this place up now. Now, are the intentions – are are they good intentions? I I also know developers want that land to start building. So the money talks – uh, and that is starting to happen here. But so I hope as they clean up Kensington, they just don't discard these people, but they give them at least the option for treatment. So we have to be ready. This city has to be ready to provide a lot of treatment and spend the money on treatment, which would be very well spent money.
3: Yeah. And, and again, one of the issues that you always hear is that they clean up Kensington and then it just spreads into a different area, Mm -hmm. you know, Fishtown, which is another site outside of Philadelphia or something like that. So really has to be done right, you know, and, and, uh, you know, but we'll, we'll see what happens, you know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, you said, why doesn't America take this addiction more seriously? And you would think with, you know, 106,000 people die in a year. I'm always wondering, like, with this fentanyl going on, like, why aren't people going crazy about this? Like, politicians and, you, you know, with all these people dying, our young generation, like,
2: why aren't they doing more? I think, I, this is just my opinion, as far as politics, I don't think it's a popular subject. People don't want to hear about this yeah. until it hits their own family. Then they're going to yeah. – then they start to mm-hmm. think about it. Yeah, David.
5: Yeah, I, I'm thinking, you know, that – for people who are not addicts, um, they give up too easily. <clears throat> they say, "Well, the patient, this guy, he's been in treatment once or twice. Yeah. I'm not spending any more resources on him." And we're living proof that it might take innumerable many, many you know, times to finally get clean and sober. Yeah, See, yeah. you know, the, the commitment needs to be there. Yeah. It. it, it. I, you know, seriously,
2: I don't think people. I think also people are sick of hearing about this. You know, it's been going on for, you know, heavy press on this for maybe a decade. I think people who have not been affected or don't even realize they have been, they don't want to hear about it.
3: It's a great point. There's something they call habituation, you know, and that's like. You just hear it so much, right? It doesn't surprise you anymore. You know, I'll give you an example. Like when they talk about these busts, of fentanyl, and they say it could kill two cities worth of people, you know, you hear that enough times and you're like, big deal. I've heard this a million other times. Yeah, Mark, absolutely. You know?
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know what the solution is, you know? I don't know what the solution is.
2: I, I don't think any. Guess what, I, know. I don't think anybody fr- even,
3: Remember when we were trying to get the yeah. governor in? We were thinking of like all these
2: different plans. We had a whole show on what do we do about this. Well, we, ha- we have the governor on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Timmy Y from Austin, Texas. Do you guys think that after being sober for decades, the addiction is out of your system and you can drink or smoke dope responsibly? What do you think, Lou?
1: Absolutely not.
3: Absolutely yeah. not. And why is that, do
2: you think?
1: Yeah. Why is that? Because our addiction is a disease, right? Yeah. yeah. Kind of like liver disease. It don't go away, right? Yeah. So in order to stay clean and sober for the rest of your life, you need to stay plugged in.
2: Hey, and Lou, active. let me ask you something.
1: Sure, Gary.
2: Let's just say you're 92 or you're 94 years old and the doctor says you got about six months to go.
1: Would you drink? I don't think I'd give you serious. No. No, I wouldn't. Right? You you're sort of uh...
2: – <laughs> I, I don't well, know the answer to that. Themselves. Well,
1: you know what I really wanted to say? It Why? depends on – Maybe not that but a pain if you're in pain and you're getting ready to go and a doctor legally prescribes you some or you ask for it. Oh yeah. yeah. Sure, right? But it didn't make sense to say, bring me in a six pack. <laughs> right, right, yeah, right right, right, right. <laughs> David <laughs> I say of. <laughs> bring a couple lewds, right,
2: man? Yeah. All right. You know. Listen, if you're uh, if you're just listening, you want to watch us do the show, go on Facebook, go to our Facebook page, Clean and Sober Radio, like uh, these folks. Judge Christopher Maddox is uh, watching the show. Kevin Heyer, Bill Mobley, Mark Willig, George Heller, um, Kathy Wolf, Mike Brill. What Mike Brill says, happy Friday, gentlemen, and miracle workers. Let's save some lives. There you go. Mac Bell. Another judge, Andrea Duffy, is watching. Um, we love these judges, don't
3: we? Yes.
2: Um, Glad we don't need them anymore. We yeah, right. don't them anymore, <laughs> and but we still we do love and them. And we still love them, right? Yes. Uh, Jay Van Kirk. I think it's Jay. Uh, Rick Michaels. Lisa Friedman. Andrea Diaz. Oh, my beautiful wife. Um, Mike Brill says, you hit bottom when you put down the shovel. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I see what he's saying. Adele Brown. Oh, we'll get to the rest of these, uh, these people uh, after we come back from the break. We'll be right back.
1: This is Clean and Silver Radio.
6: When you look into the mirror, is your addiction staring back at you too many times? That answer is yes. At Gordensia, we see you differently. We see you as a whole person, healthy and at peace, living beyond the stranglehold of drugs or alcohol. At Gordensia, we see a pathway with tools you can use to lead you to recovering the life you want to live. We're covering the life you want to share with the family who loves you. At Gaudenzia, we see hope and believe with the effective treatment we can offer, designed uniquely for you, within reach of where you are standing, you'll look into the mirror and see the potential for the fulfilling life that is in you. This time, you'll find your hope at Gaudenzia. It's spelled G-A-U-D-E-N-Z-I-A. Call 833 976 4357. Again, it's 833 976 4357. Begin to recover your life through treatment at Gaudenzia today. Begin today.
1: Hey, this is Seth Williams. I listen to Clean and Sober Radio. 888 728 9941. This is Clean and Sober Radio.
2: Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Clean and Silver Radio. We're broadcasting out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And we're sitting here with our guests, David and Lou. And, of course, I'm with my co-host, Mark Sigmund. Um, Mark, you know, there's a phone number uh, that people need to call if they they feel like they need treatment. It's 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-HELP. And that is a number from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Hotline. And if you call that number... You really will get somebody answering that phone who can help you get into treatment. And, Mark, you always talk about the other number. The
3: the other one is 988, and that's the suicide
2: hotline. If you're feeling hopeless, call that number. You will get help. And these numbers should be on your refrigerator, just like poison control, because when you absolutely need them uh, in an emergency or whatever, you need to access these numbers. And last year, you know, talking about suicide, 12.3 million adults – over the age of 18 had serious thoughts about killing themselves, 12.3 million, um, three and a half million made plans and 1.7 million attempted the actual suicide i mean
3: it 's bad It's uh, the springtime is sometimes the worst time because people get energy again and they mm-hmm. can follow through with their plans. but as clinicians, we are seeing it more and more over the years just, why do, you, why do you i mean. i think it 's a lot of you know social media and isolation yeah. and people feeling more and more isolated and you know when you, the thing about social media is Think about it, like you're depressed and you go on social media and everybody looks like they're happy and having this great life. And you take somebody that's feeling so depressed and they're so low that they they it really makes them feel isolated. You know, and I think that has something to do with it, Gary. It's very scary. It is. You know. It is. And don't hesitate to ask somebody in your family if they're really depressed. You know, are you having thoughts, you know? Uh, it's not going to put it in their head. It's not. There's this old worry of that that people have, and you, but you want to know what's going on, you know?
2: Yeah. Um, Among people aged 12 or older last year, 61.2 million people, or 21 percent of the population, used illicit drugs last year. The most commonly used illicit drug was. I know the answer because I can see it. Valium. Marijuana, You're cheating off me like you did in the I know, one. I know, I can see uh, these answers. <laughs> was marijuana, which five, 52.5 million people used. Nearly two in five young adults, 18 to 25, used illicit drugs in the past year. One in three adults, 18 to 25, used marijuana. 9.2 million people, 12 and older, misused opioids in the last year. That almost seems low, but... So forty-six point three million people, aged twelve or older, met the applicable DSM-five criteria, uh, whatever you want to call, it, for having a substance use disorder. That is sixteen percent of the population. You know, that's, it, more, that's almost two in ten.
3: And you know, the the thing that's really frustrating to me is you are finally seeing actually a drop uh, in some of the younger generation. Right. Then you have this marijuana thing coming yeah. in and it's like it's like candy out there. You know, you were finally starting to see a drop in I'm talking like, you know, 14, 15 year olds and things like that. And, uh, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, this is this is safe. You know, there's billboards and there's, this, you know, you know, parents right. are all doing you, it. You yeah. smell it everywhere. Yeah, I know. And these kids are, are just getting the wrong message and they're, they're using little vapes in school.
2: All the time. Look, we've talked about this. It's got to be six, seven years. Yeah. That this marijuana legalization is going to be a big problem. It The way it is
3: now. I mean, especially wait till they have a marijuana breathalyzer. I mean, geez.
2: I mean, when you they smell have that, it all the time, you know. That, it's going to be a big a trouble. trouble. Hey, we have a caller on the line. Mark Willig, welcome to Clean and Sober Radio.
4: Hey guys, thank you. How you guys doing? Long time new See <laughs> yeah, right Yes, that's right, Mark. <laughs> oh, Mark. Hey Mark, where'd you get sober? Well, I actually have a similar story to uh, Sigmund. And I got sober in a parking lot at uh at the Bryn Mawr meeting uh on on a Monday night. Somebody suggested that I go and they said you know, Mark, if you don't like it, just turn around and leave. Yeah. And I, I go to this meeting and there's, I mean, there's guys out there and they're, they're hugging each other and I'm, you know, I'm like, hey, you know what? Why can't I be part of this? And, you know, I went and they told me, you know, they asked me while I was there, like, what my drug of choice was. And at the time I told them loneliness and isolation because that's really a big part of our disease. Uh, And, you know, they say an addict alone is in bad company. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, listen, I never went to rehab, and, I, you know, I never went to jail or anything. My story isn't, you know, a rock bottom, but I felt like I hit rock bottom because I had no more friends. Mm -hmm. And from that day on, when I joined that fellowship, uh, it's now almost 26 years later and I have friends everywhere and, you yeah. know, I met you guys and, uh, you know, it's really good for my recovery to be, to, I, I dove in, you know, head first. I didn't stick my little toe in the water, you know, I just jumped right in and, uh, and I got used to it very quickly and and it's not, you know, rocket science, you know, you make friends, you make family. That's that's the most important thing. I mean, I, you know, Gary, you and I and Mark and and Brad, you know, we're we're close and uh yeah. you know, I I really cherish our friendship and I love hanging out with you guys and uh you know, going to dinner and and, and, and being introduced to other people like, you know, uh, you know, Judge Maddox and Judge Duffy and, you know, all these, all these people that, uh, are influential. But, uh, you know, I, I can relate to what they, what they do. And what they do is they help people who can't help themselves. And that's what, I mean, I, I'm just, uh, filling out the rest of my paperwork for my recertifications, and uh, I was going to retire. Hey, you know, listen, I'm not well, but you know what? Why retire? If, if I if I could still help somebody, uh, I'm, I'm going to do it, no matter what.
2: You know, Mark, you you have built like a community around you after all those years. I mean, everybody knows you, and everybody knows you because you, first of all, you've been clean and you do such great work and you help so many people. And, it's a
4: small village. Well, it's a
2: pretty big village and, <laughs> and, you know, even even though you are not feeling great these days, you are still committed uh, to this program, which is very admirable. That's yeah. Very uh, uh, really what? Don't make me say it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but you
4: know what? It's I, I was put on this earth for a reason. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, people that, that have mental problems and they, they don't call that 988 number. And, and you know, it's I, – I think that when my time comes, my time comes, I'm not going to take my world back and jump off uh, a building and uh, stop going to my treatments. I'm just going to be here because I think that it's my higher powers' will to keep me here and to uh, you know help people as best I can. And I, listen, I didn't, I didn't go to rehab. I didn't go to detox. But I worked in them, you know. And I and I I see what what it's like. And they come in with no hope and they walk out with a smile. So. That's great. And, you know, I want to thank you guys because uh, you're my friends. And, uh, you got Lou there. Lou! And, uh, you know, it's uh, a lot of good stuff that I hear every week. And even though I don't call every week, I still, you know, listen. Or if I don't listen live, I, I, I you know, listen to the tape. And uh, I can't wait to see you guys again. Love you guys.
2: Uh, well, we love you, too. You're, you you uh, you exude really good karma, man. You know
4: that? So
2: we appreciate all the support that you give, Mark, and, and, and me. And have a great weekend. Yeah, Mark, have a great weekend.
4: All right, guys. I'll talk to you soon. You got, got it. it. Sounds good. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
3: You know, I'm sitting here, and, and I'm dying. <clears throat> Lou has this story that I'm dying to ask What? About. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. and can you tell us... Sort of the bottom you had and how, if people aren't familiar, there's this, this guy, uh, Jim Flory. Jim Florio, right? He was a senator. He, he, was, he a was a senator. Commander in
1: chief. He a, a governor. Commander in chief. He's governor, He's governor, governor, of governor of New Jersey.
3: Can you tell us this story real, you know? Well,
1: it's not quick. quite like Gary's with a pardon, but it was uh, an option that saved me from going to prison, right? Yeah. Uh, I was given a choice. Tr- I got arrested and I was in the Camden County Jail. What would you get arrested for? What wasn't I arrested for? Everything built up at once. Gotcha. Right? Everything that I'd done came upon my shoulders. You hit the brakes in the car, everything comes forward, right? Yeah. So uh, between my driving record and my illegal activities that they said I did on the streets, I went up in the county jail. <clears throat> they wanted to give me eight years, right? Wow. My father's brothers, there were eight of them, nine altogether. together, got in Florio. They brought me, I didn't know none of this, they brought me out of the county jail down to Stratford to his office. And I spent all day in his office from like 10 in the morning to 5 at night. And they came out and said, can you do 16 months in a drug program? And I said, yes, right? That wasn't a drug program, that was a military boot camp. (laughs) 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 They called them therapeutic communities at the time, right? But uh, I did it. And that was my first... Time to look at myself, right? Although I didn't take a good look at myself, being in there, I got to take a look at myself. I knew when I came out, what I went back to was not as good as it, what it used to be. But I got back into the lifestyle, right? So uh, long story short, I was in the National Guard, right, from 1981 to 1996, right? So, wow. of course, being a slimy people, it's the person I was at the time. I said I started my usage in there, <laughs> and he was yeah. the commander-in-chief. So it saved me from going away, right? I took the blame and shifted it so that I wouldn't have to fare the whole full blunt of it, right? And it worked, right? But it also gave <clears throat> me 20 more years of pain, right? I didn't learn nothing from it. Did you
2: have the, – were the charges dropped at that point?
1: Or do you have felonies? No, No felonies. I have no felonies. I had one felony, and it was downgraded to a misdemeanor. There's six or seven small convictions, right? A lot thrown out. About 11 of them thrown out, right? All dumb stuff, you know, possession, CDS, paraphernalia. Don't want to talk about my driving record. I was the fifth worst in New Jersey. Oh,
3: man. <laughs> wow.
1: Yes.
2: And, David, you're, uh, you've are you applied? I have, Gary. To the part, uh, uh, Pathways to Pardons in Pennsylvania, which is a program to get your, your charges, your... Uh, uh expunged how'd you do
5: it well you were my inspiration Gary okay first and foremost and how I did it I I got the application and I I went to the courthouses and I got my records and and I I shipped it off and I recently got an email that they accepted my package and everything looks in order so the process is going on and I hope I get the pardon
2: yeah I do too I think you will you're a perfect candidate you've been clean for 42 years you know, in this program, I want our listeners around the country to know. The, I don't know if it's called Pathways of Pardons, but almost every single state uh, has a program at a state level uh, for us who are, have charges, whether felonies or misdemeanors, have the, a, a, uh, we can get them expunged. So uh, we have the opportunity to do that. It's an important program.
5: I hope it works.
2: I know in Pennsylvania, you have to be either off probation or, or off parole for three years. And the lieutenant governor is the one who uh, heads that uh, program. Yep. Yeah. You're going to get it.
5: hope so.
2: Uh, what does it mean if you get it? What, what 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 can't you do now?
5: Well, what can I do? If I was younger, I could apply to medical school. Right. But um, – I don't know. Uh, 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 certain jobs, maybe handling money, that kind of stuff. I mean,
2: but there's nothing you – is stopping you now because you have that conviction, right? Right. You can't have firearms.
5: Well, yeah, but it
2: – You don't care about that.
5: I don't, I don't really care. I'm kind of scared of them. Uh-huh. The truth.
3: That's a great thing, man. Well, is it? Let me ask you guys, because I know Gary, you've been through this too. Is there almost like a psychological thing where it's like I've dealt with my past? If it, you know, even if there's, you know, you're not going to try to find jobs, but to get that pardon yeah. and to kind of just let go of that and be able to be like my past is dealt with. Is that part of what's inspiring? Well, you? it sounds good, Mark.
2: Yeah,
5: yeah. <laughs> it sounds.
2: Yeah, it sounds. good. It's like yeah. I don't know about you, David, but. Uh, the only thing I couldn't do these last 40-some years was own a gun. But it was also Strictly. like the uh, neatly, uh ending all the bad criminal activities and everything from yeah. the past. You know, putting it like in a nice little uh, package and throwing it away. But really, uh, it, never, it never stopped me uh, except for firearms.
3: What was the sense of relief like when you actually saw – in the newspaper, I believe. You no, know? the
2: TV stations were outside the house.
3: Outside the house. What was the sense of that you got from that?
2: Man, this is so cool. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. And then I thought, I thought it was over. This is this is how the legal system works. I thought that day that I, the Trump signed the papers that everything was good. I did find out at that point that I had a charge from 1976. At that point, that wasn't taken off. It, it wasn't. It was dealt with and it was thrown out, but it was still on the records. So I had to deal with that. After thinking I was, you know, after the president hooked me up, whatever you want to call
3: him. I mean, if you guys remember, <laughs> Gary was in the the newspaper right under Steve Bannon or something, like right above Steve Bannon. Flynn, Bannon, Kushner. Yeah. Wow.
2: Yeah. It was, uh, you know what? I got lucky. That's what my lawyer said. You got lucky, man, because there were like eleven thousand applications.
3: Yeah, and, and this is for people that don't know. Like, this is Gary had to fill out this application, be interviewed by the was it the FBI or Secret the Service. Secret Service? You know, there was a whole process of this to get a a felony pardon for felony. You know, um, is yeah. is very hard
2: hard to get. I'm almost surprised how hard it is to get. Surprised I got it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know. Oh well sometimes you uh, win and sometimes you lose.
3: Yeah, that's true.
2: You know? Um, so we have uh, we'll to, all right. so listen again, one eight 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 seven two eight nine nine four one calling like Mark called in. And you know, um, if you're just joining us now, we're having an open discussion. David Lickman's here, Lou Montana's here with Mark and myself, and we're just talking about, you know, where we got clean, where we got sober and uh, Anything else you want to talk about, give us a call, 1-800-662-HELP.
3: And you know what's so cool, and, and you know I know we're coming up on a break, but yeah. one of the things really cool about Lou Montana over here is he has a Harley Davidson, and he does a lot of – you know, recovery motorcycling with other recovering wow, people. Wow, that's cool. And he used to be in motorcycle clubs. He used to be in the whole bit. And, you know, I, I imagine like when you first got clean, were you thinking like, well, I'm going to be done with my motorcycle stuff and, and all that or, you know. Absolutely not.
1: Yeah. I will get back to it. I lost it all because of my usage. I lost it all because of my usage. Yeah. Right? Right. When you
2: when you when you got clean and you got back with your brothers on the motorcycle, anybody say say nasty stuff to you
1: or no, not at all.
2: They respected that you yeah. got clean.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I ride with NA members. Oh, okay. everybody. Yeah, okay. yeah, okay.
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> and I don't think they say. If you Lizzie, see Lou, yeah, they're
2: Not gonna mess
3: with Lizzie. No, they're not gonna say anything anyway. People, yeah. places, and things,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. NA riders.
3: Yeah. Awesome. He goes down the shore. You, you know,
5: toys for tots run. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that is. I always wanted my, to do my, that.
1: My son grew up on the back of it, doing yeah. all the toy for tot runs. Right. Wow.
2: Yeah. Okay, we're going to take another break. Uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to continue this. Uh, I, I think it's an incredible
1: discussion we're doing
2: here. And uh, so, stay with us. We'll be right back.
1: This is Clean and Silver Radio.
0: Diversity in the workplace is more than gender, ethnicity, and even age. It also means people in recovery. The Higher Calling Foundation works to end the stigma of substance use disorders in the workplace by helping those in recovery find jobs, get career counseling, and more. All things insurance doesn't cover, and all at no cost. And encouraging businesses to hire employees in recovery. Because with the great resignation, there are jobs to be filled, and employees in recovery are an untapped demographic. It's mutually beneficial. And it's simply good business. Started by employment attorney and recovery Kevin Heyer, the Higher Calling Foundation believes everyone deserves a second chance and works to make that happen. And now, diversity in the workplace demands it. Visit hirecalling.org, that's H Y E R calling.org, and find out how we can help you.
6: When you look into the mirror, do you see your addiction to drugs or alcohol staring back at you? At Gordensia, in that mirror, we see you, healthy and at peace. At Gordensia, we see the tools you can use to recover the life you want to live. Hope is in the effective treatment we can offer, designed uniquely for you. Your hope is waiting at Gaudenzia. Call 833 976 4357. 833 976 4357. Through Gaudenzia, you can recover your life. Begin today. Hey,
3: everybody, this is former Philadelphia Flyer Chris Terrain, and you're listening to Clean and Sober Radio.
1: 888 728 9941. This is Clean and Sober Radio.
2: That drop was from our uh, buddy, uh, Chris Terrion from the Philadelphia
3: Flyers. Chris Terrion is such a great guy, and he does so much work in the community for recovery. Um, yeah, he's a great guy, Gary.
2: All right, so you can listen to us all over the place. If you have a radio, if you still know what a radio is, how else can you listen? Uh, on your- Podcasts. Podcasts. Yeah, where, where you,
3: know, you can go on, you can download the podcast. It'll be delivered to your phone every week. On like iTunes and things like that, you can get it. Um, you can also look, you know, on Facebook.
2: Um, Facebook. Go at, to our website also. Our website and Soberbroadcasting.com. Yes. Go to wwdb dot dot something. You, you <laughs> something like um, that. Yeah. And you know, so you can, you know, and to watch also, you know, people like Claudia Herman. I got sober at IOP, one in one therapy. Penn Foundation seven years ago. Great, good for you. Dan Saborsky is watching. Ed McCash, Larry Wing, um, Adele Brown says hi, guys. Hi, Mark and Lou. Hello, Adele. Sean Mitchell, Elaine Costello Meister, Patty Weeks, Nancy Minnick. It is interesting to hear how different people find their answer. To addiction, it is interesting, and it's um, you know, speaking about you know getting treatment, you know, a lot of people, you know, will say I can't go into inpatient, I can't go into outpatient because I don't have the money. There is way there are ways to get into inpatient and outpatient without any money, and of course, you can always go and you should do this in addition to is go into the rooms, into the meetings of AA and NA, you know. So that's a good question, Nancy, and it's um, it is interesting the path that people take um, on how to get clean and sober. Rhonda, Rhonda, Robert Brandis, Bill Cutruff is watching. Danielle Young, Ron Manquist tuned in late. Hope I didn't miss too much. Man, you you missed so much, Ron, by not tuning in at the right time. And he's got a good question. What's his question? Because he's such a great supporter of ours. He
3: says, Gary, have you ever wondered where you'd be without the drug and legal hassles with lewds? Like, in other words, if you guys, you know, if we had never been busted for stuff, you know, where do you think we'd be? Do you think we would have gotten clean? You know, do you think? I know where I'd be. Where?
2: I would have, if the drugs, I would have graduated from law school. No, no. uh, If you never got busted. Oh, if I never got busted? Oh, the question is what would I have just kept going? Yeah. I I don't know. I would uh, I would assume yes. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you know, something had to stop us, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Um, makes you think a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. Let me see what else. Hey, Linda. Linda E is uh watching, of course. Uh Mike Hep. What's Hepp. up, boys? Hepp. Mike. Hepp. Mike Hep. He's, uh, Mike is a great guy. He's a racing guy. His racing uh, quarter-mile drag strip cars, and it's all in the name of recovery. Uh, Betsy Green, I got sober at Strecker, which is in West Philadelphia in 1989. Um, <clears throat> Jimmy Grapes Lee is watching. Martina Mitchell. Ted Klotz. Rich Rosenbaum. I know he is in Florida right now. George Haggerty. Um <clears throat> Auto Doc Clofine. What's up, Doc?
5: <laughs> I know
2: you know uh, C. Ruger, all these people. You know yeah. it's so great that the people enjoy. You know I, we always say it's a serious subject, but we have a lot of fun doing it and yeah. talking about it.
3: And it's so fun because like Gary and I get stumped. And our message board here on Facebook, people answer questions yeah. for us, and yeah. you know, basically, you, you guys are running the show with us. Basically, that's right. I mean, in so many ways, don't you think? Yeah, we're
2: always appealing to you guys for the answers.
3: Yeah, and you're bringing up, you know, topics on here, and, and like like when we don't have the camera in the studio, yeah, it's harder to do the show, don't you think? It is harder. without man. face without it, our there, Facebook there's friends. No question about it. No question.
2: You know, no question about it. And Dave. and, and let, let's let's acknowledge our guy, our cameraman, who's a CBS alumni, Brad Rish. Brad, t- just so they can come see. Come on. Your... I think the price just went up. I, I think, think it done. did. I think he's <laughs> <it's> going <laughs> to ask raise. <laughs> <laughs> show show who we I don't are. Know. I don't want to break it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, there, uh, there he oh, is, there's oh, Brad, there we go.
3: the greatest. I I'm waiting for him to you come what? on here. Oh, there you go. There he I is. have
5: I have a question for Lou. Yes, ask him. Lou, what's our primary purpose? Spread the word. Yep. Stay sober, sober and keep and help other acts others to achieve sobriety. sobriety.
2: What's step two? I mean,
5: that's our primary purpose. Yeah. And 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 that, that's and that's, that's why right. and that's why I share is to help a person get sober.
2: You're giving back, David. You know, I mean, it's it's hard, real hard to get clean and sober, but then. When you're giving back to others, it's like uh, cherry on top, right, Lou?
1: I work for H and I. I have a commitment at Seabrook House down in Bridgeton, Bridget, New Jersey, yeah. and I've been doing it for two years. Yeah, giving back.
5: Got to give it away to keep it. That's it. Yeah. That's right, right?
2: So it's a good feeling. Yeah, we don't get uh, just just for the record. None of us get paid
5: for sitting here. That's for sure. <laughs> One of the rewards yeah. of the the A program is y- you learn greater interest in your fellows rather than interest in yourself. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, ha- you got to
2: love yourself, too. You got to be good to yourself. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And it's,
3: it's like to it get you outside yourself, don't you think? I mean, you know, get out of that squirrely
2: head we got going. Andrew C. from Tupelo, Mississippi. Isn't that where Elvis is from? I listen to your show on a weekly schedule. Thanks, guys. You are informative and lighthearted. That's nice to hear. Mm. Yeah, it's nice to hear. Hey, guys, really, um, how much time are you? Oh, no, I better not say it. I'll get you <laughs> up. Um, <laughs> we, we, can't, we can't shorten the show. Hey, but seriously, it's great having you guys here. Lou, great. David, as usual, you're a regular on this show. We really appreciate everything. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, we're glad you guys are clean and sober. Look at us! Look at the four of us. Nobody would ever believe that we would have got no. clean and sober. <laughs> um, yeah, no I mean way. nobody. Uh, let me see the last person on here. Do we? Did we get everybody? Uh, God, yeah, I think. I think John Logue is watching. Okay, hello, hey, John. Hey, John, what's up? Um, so, remember, if you or a loved one is struggling with addiction help is available please call 1-800-662-HELP that's 1-800-662-HELP and if you want to get clean and sober radio on your local radio station reach out to us on our website cleanandsoberbroadcasting.com let us know what city you live in and uh for clean and sober radio i'm gary hendler i'm mark sigmund thank you everybody for joining us and thank you for the con- continuing support you've given us over the years
4: i'd like to say thank you on behalf of the group and ourselves i hope we pass the audition <laughs>
0: or on your travels you don't have to miss a minute of your favorite WWDB shows download the free WWDB app to listen anywhere you can also stream us live listen to podcasts and learn more about our great shows at WWDBAM.com and you can always tune in on your phone or any smart speaker
6: tell Alexa play
0: WWDB AM WWDBAM 860